0: Uh, yeah, Deuteronomy chapter 6, starting at verse 1, and I uh, titled the message, Raised Kids, Raising Kids. I, I should probably say, not just glory in the, in the victories, but also be humble in the defeat. We lost. Our softball team lost. Uh, it was a wild game, but we still had a great season. So I want to clarify that. Dan gave his all. He's in a sling back there for everything he he gave. Chris's hamstring is literally black. Uh, we, we went all in. We, <laughs> yeah, we looked like we'd been through a literal war by the time we all left the fields. One guy got hit in the head with a ball, Colin, and anyway, uh, but we are tough. Okay, um, let's read... Uh, verses 1 through 9, you guys want to stand if you can, if not, don't worry about it, and then we'll get started. Now, this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, And that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words, which I command you uh, today, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you, sh- you shall talk uh, of them when you sit down in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Uh, you shall write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates lord we thank you so much for uh, all the the moms that are here and and um lord we want to honor them we also want to just think about those who maybe even lost moms or or you know just just so many different situations this day can evoke just joy and and suffering and pain and so we want to be like aware of all that lord and ask you to minister and intervene and and for those who aren't moms there's a calling here for all of us Lord, and so we pray that you'd help us to understand and see what you want us to see, and, and that we'd be encouraged, Lord, um, this morning, and uh, that we'd be able to be encouraging to the moms who just, they just give it all uh, to their kids, and, and uh, Lord, that they'd be encouraged and, and equipped moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. For those with kids, you guys know that kids are, like, the greatest joy— the greatest work, the greatest responsibility that any parent will ever face. I mean, it's just, it's, it is all of those things. We're responsible for, like, feeding them. We're responsible for teaching them, for raising them to be, like, decent people in society, right? Because uh, who gets blamed when someone's bad? You're like, what is wrong with these parents, you know? As Christians, we're seeking this, but we're also seeking, like, so much more than just raising, you know, contributing members to society, uh, we're, we're asking that we would, our kids would know God and live for him, like that they would really get it. And that's, that's the, the desire of any Christian parent, right? Because especially if you've tasted and seen how good God is, and, and we've experienced this for our own lives, we want our kids to get this. The funny thing is, is um, that is not as easy as it sounds, right? Because they have their own thoughts and shortcomings, which so often look like yours, which makes it extra hard, right? Um, and and we live in this battleground, right? We have an adversary that is trying to destroy them. We have a world and culture around us that is um, so provocative and dangerous, no doubt about it. And then we have the flesh that we have to deal with, literally sinful nature that we have to deal with, and so uh, it's a challenge. This is a real challenge, and so I guess my heart this morning is to encourage you with some good reminders and ways of like moving forward. This and this is for anyone who really wants to see the next generation uh, reach for the good news uh, of the gospel. So we want to make an impact. This is how we make make our impact. So uh, in Deuteronomy chapter six, Moses is he's you know recording the word of god here for us to the children of israel as they're get about to the getting preparing to get into the promised land okay it's been a long time coming at this point right they've been rescued from egypt um they've had to wander in the desert for 40 years kinds of messes and provision and it's been a big old eclectic uh you know hodgepodge of you know good things and really really bad things but God has been faithful, and, and he said this next generation is going to go into the promised land. And so this is uh, what he is encouraging them with as they're going forward. So we'll read uh, the first, uh, I guess, three verses here to start. This is the commandment. Uh, Now, this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord, your God, has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you're crossing over to possess. See there, to possess this, that you may fear the Lord, your God, to keep all the statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son, your grandson, all the days of your life, and and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it that it may be well with you and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God uh, of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Remember and observe the things you've been taught. Remember and observe the things that you've been brought up in, you've seen, experienced. Fear the Lord, keep his statutes. Like that the, the idea of fear, I, I remember I had a big issue with this as an early Christian, like fearing God. Like I, because I, I just had come to know Jesus as such a like a, a friend and an adversary for us. But the idea of fear is not like this, um, you know, like he's he's an irrational crazy. It's like a reverence and, and an awe of his power. Anytime you see anything re- remotely looking like God appearing through either using an angel or something supernatural, there's always awe, there's always astonishment. When Jesus would speak, there was awe, there was astonishment, right? We've, we've said that many, many times. So when you'd see God speak, you'd watch, uh, or, or he'd, he'd show up or do something, everyone's blown away. Everything that has to do with God. I, I love that Paul, when he goes into whatever, third heaven, it's like, he can't even talk about it. I can't even talk about this. It's awe, astonishment, we're blown away. This is the idea of the fear of the Lord. And, And it's really important to have this awe, and this fear, and this, this like, just being blown away by who God is, because it helps us to align everything else. Because if we think that God's just like this you know, he doesn't really care and he he can't really do too much or he's not really that involved or whatever, then all the impact of knowing him and honoring him and staying obedient to him loses, you know, its luster. So he says, remember and observe the things you've been taught. Fear the Lord, keep his statutes. To obey is greater than sacrifice. Obey, listen to what he said. And then he says this, not just you, but it will be passed on to the next generation. You pass this on to the next generation. And what's the, what's the promise here? Obedience will lead to inner and outer blessing, right? Inner life and outer life, prolonged days, potentially. I mean, the, the, the math is out there, right? The data's out there, uh, that, that following God it, it's, it's, and, and choosing to be obedient to him it does make a difference. And this is not like a prosperity thing. It's just saying like living the way God intended you to live is, has value in every single sector of life, every part of life. There's no part it doesn't make uh, enhance. And yeah, sure, days might be numbered, but the, the quality of those days are, are, are be above and beyond living for yourself. I had this message. I was really interested. I thought it was so cool. You're talking about how uh, when we live for ourselves, it's just the most depressing thing we could possibly do. It's because you weren't made to live for yourself. You were made to serve God. That's why we spend so much money to see extravagant things that are bigger than us, right? That's why we drive seven hours to the middle of nowhere to go see the Grand Canyon. It's a big hole in the ground. That's. Really cool, right? No, it is. It's because it, it, it takes our breath away, right? That's why we go and see these giant, you know, w- when the waves are big, we want to go watch them. See how many people come out with a board or not, you know, or cutting. Right, Jake? You know, you guys had some fun in El Salvador. You made it back. A couple boards less, but, but we love the power of that, right? I mean, I've seen big, big, big dates. You're like, whoa, amazing, you know, being on top of a mountain. Uh, This pastor, he he said, there's nobody who uh, stands at the base of Mount Everest and says, I have a PhD, you know. It's like, you're no longer important when you are standing in front of a, you know, 26,000 foot mountain. We were made to honor and serve and be in awe of God, right? And so if we want to serve ourselves, we're just going to, it's like you're planning to be miserable for the rest of your life. And we know this, right? I mean, how often does serving ourselves, because we all love serving ourselves, even though it, like, it doesn't love us, it does not go well. So we know that's not the way uh, it's supposed to be, right? Right? So there's this promise of blessing inside and out as we honor and serve God. It's because we are aligned with what we are supposed to do. Prolonged days and that it will be well with you. That sounds like peace and multiply, right? Um, there's something about being the real thing that leads to multiplication of the real thing, right? The real thing is contagious, Uh, And we'll get into that right now. Here's a real important part here, okay? Verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. You're like, oh, that's where that is, right? (laughs) We we know that. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Guys, this is how parents... Anyone who wants to affect, especially mothers, we're talking to you today. But anyone who wants to affect the next generation, this is how we model passing it on. It starts with you. It starts with us. Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. the uh, The Lord, uh, uh, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Love the Lord. Lord is, is like the ruler of your life, the one who's in charge. That's when we say Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Savior, yes, we all say he saved me, died on the cross, get that. Lord means he's now in charge. So that we run into all kinds of issues when we, we love the Savior thing and we say the Lord thing, but if he's not in charge, he's not in charge. You just call it like it is. Because uh, everyone else knows, and, and, and especially Our kids know, don't they? Love the Lord, your God, right? This is a personal relationship with all your heart. So we're to love God passionately. That's the idea. Passionately love God, zeal. I'm praying for a renewed zeal in the church, including in my heart and our hearts, that God would like stir in us like like passion, like, really, really passionate because—and all he really has to do is open up our eyes again and, and remove the calluses and all the stuff and all the junk and religiosity and all this junk we throw in there. I was going to use another word, but I just, you know, not today. It's Mother's Day. My mom will be mad. She's probably watching. She won't be mad. Um, but love the Lord your God with all your heart, Right? Passionately, with all your soul, with all that you have. Like all, that's, it's like your, your body, with, with what you have here, right? And with your strength, with all of your effort. Passion, right? Availability, like all of us, like full on. You got it all, that's the Lord thing too. And with our efforts, that's our strength. Uh, so often God gets like the very last of our strength, Right? If if we could fit it in, great. But you know how it is. When you try to fit something in, it never never happens. I mean, that's like every week it seems like time just goes. I've been learning you have to uh, block out time for things that are important no matter what. You have to. You have to, including your kids including your, your alone time, including study time, all of these things. If it's important, if it is what you're called to do, block out time. Let the other busy stuff go. Who cares about that? We'll deal with it later. You know, block out the most important things in your life first. Give That's the idea of first fruits. Give God your very best something, I think that's something we can all obviously grow in. God, I, it's not, you're not getting like a little bit of me or whatever I have left over or, uh, oh good, I can kind of squeeze that in and I'll feel justified for the next month or whatever. It's like, give him your passion, your heart, your life. I mean, because if if we're looking around and we're, we're like, if I'm constantly trying to do other things and figure out other things and why am I not finding what I'm looking for? It's because this, we're, we're just not aligned. And so, God is telling Moses to remind the children of Israel, if you find yourself going to this is how you keep it on the straight and narrow. This is how you model it for the next generation. This means, especially for you moms, I'm going to have to tell my wife this too, because it's hard, because I know how hard it is, right? And it's my fault. A lot of times, life is busy. We can feel guilty, like taking a second away from your kids. Moms are so much more intense about this than dads. Dads are like, yeah, I'll take a second. Yeah, you'd be fine sitting over there. Figure it out, you know, like, you know, you're, you're, that's why my kids know to go to my wife because she's going to take it more seriously. Dad, I fell. Yeah, you're fine. Everything's fine. You know, it moves. You're good. Oh, sweetie, what's going on? That's what I wanted. I wanted that. Not that, you know. But they come to me if they want food that's not as healthy. That's what they know. Dad, I'm thinking in and out. I'm I'm like, I'm thinking you didn't talk to your mom yet. But life is busy, and we can feel guilty taking a second away from our kids. But the most important thing you could do, moms, is establish relationship with God, healthy relationship with him. You've got to take time. Especially if we're going to model this and pass this on, you can't give what you don't have. You cannot give what you don't have. And that's the hard part. Is, uh, is I, I, and Tori, she's, she actually is good at this. She like, will make the time. And, but it's so often, it's like, she shouldn't have to. I can give her that. You know? <laughs> like, I can grab the kids and go. But if you can't, even if you can't, it's all right. They, they can, they'll be okay. And there's seasons when it's easier and harder. But your spiritual life is more important than meeting every single little need especially in dealing with your kids, right? Because we're going to see this is something you're going to live out in front of them, and that is going to be the biggest effect we could possibly have with them. The most the, Your kids will most benefit from you having a healthy, thriving relationship with God. That is all there is to it. If you are just like enjoying his presence and loving him, and, and it's like, the words are on, you know, like the like psalms on your lips or, or worship songs are in your heart. So if they're in your heart, then they're on your phone playing or whatever CD, if that's a thing anymore, right? They're in the car. They're, they're affecting the way you talk and think. That changes everything. Because one of the things we know, rules without relationship breeds rebellion. And so if there's no relationship between you and God, it turns into you trying to give rules that you yourself can't keep to your children. Why can't you be good at this when I'm not good at this? But you should be better. After all, we had to walk to school uphill in the snow both ways barefoot. They're like, really, you did? I don't know about that. And listen to this, verse 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Right? In your heart. This means we are meditating on these words. It springs from our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. These words which I command will be in your heart. Again, this is not just This is all of us. This is how we affect the next generation. Because, by the way, arguing people in hasn't been working, has it? Everybody leaves a firm feeling they know even better from after this. No, we've got to be and experience the real thing to give the real thing. Verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. I love this. I mean, I just, this is such a, I was like, when I was praying about this, I felt like the Lord brought me right here, and I was just like, this is it. This is discipleship. And tell me, doesn't this just sound like living with Jesus? This sounds like actual discipleship. This sounds like what his disciples experienced with him. Right? You shall teach them diligently. What does diligently mean? The word here means repeatedly. Why do we need repeatedly? Because we forget. We need repetition in our life. We have to hear it again and again and again and again, right? That's why a lot of the Bible, you're like, I feel like I've read this before. You have. The Bible is, is it's, it's full of cross-re- cross-references because it's, it's reaffirming, affirming, reaffirming, affirming, reaffirming. Same exact idea from a different angle. Here you, now you can see it from the, we get a 3D picture of the whole thing, right? Teach them diligently or repeatedly to your children, and shall will talk of them when you sit in your house. Okay? So you're saying it repeatedly to your children. So you talk to them when you're sitting in your house. What does that sound like to you, sitting in your house? Does it sound official? Does it sound like um, it's discipleship time? Here's our 15 minutes. We do this. No. It's casual. Right? It's just, it's just on your lips. You're hanging out, and so you're talking about the stuff you care about. You're bringing it up while you're hanging out. So you talk about it when you're sitting in your house. doesn't mean you shouldn't have a time, again, set up to have devotional time. Sure. But if it's just devotional time, and then they walk, watch you act like a total jerk the rest of the week, what do, they, what do they learn? As long as you do that, everyone will think you're good. But you ain't good. And by the way, we're all like that in one way or another. Hypocrisy is like something we all will struggle with, but... This is, the, this is the, the, the real thing. You shall talk about it when you sit down in your house. And when you walk by the way, I love that. You're walking, you're talking. Actually, walking, uh, it's been proven walking helps you uh, process things. Walking is a good way to, to, to work through stuff and to talk about stuff because it kind of like allows our brain to do something, to tap into something deeper. Right? Where we're walking and we can, we can just enjoy it. And I, it's just something about walking and talking. It's great. So when we sit down, when we're walking, by the way, just walking, just talking about it, experiencing it together. When you lie down, hanging out, it's the last thing you say, you're talking about, even when you're going to sleep, when you rise up. Diligently, repeatedly, casually, organically, and often. Think of Jesus. Do life with Christ as the center, right? Jesus being the center of everything. Sit, walk, talk, whatever, when you go to sleep, when you wake up. By the way, trying to do this will be an absolute drag if you're not convinced of God's goodness. So it'll tell us everything we need to know about ourselves before we try to reproduce that in someone else, right? That's like some of the scariest things when you're raising kids is you're like, so I'm going to have to figure some things out before I pass this one on to the next generation, right? And I, I kind of already referenced it, but like your kids, they look so much like you in so many ways. And, and the most frustrating ones are the ones that are the flaws in you, especially the ones that are like, oh, you're kind of like that naturally, but you full on heard me say that. That's why you're saying that. You have taken on what I have given you. This is not like a legalistic trip. This is an encouragement Right? In, in the way to do it. Because a lot of times we're like, how do we do this? How do we go against the tide of culture? Right? What what are my kids being taught all the time? Like, you know, how how can we how can we like make an impact in our short little time and, and, and only so much time at church? Well, the idea is it's not just there. It's not just in the little things. It's by spending time with them. Right? Verse 8. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and shall be on the, as the frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You know what's interesting? Was it on your hand and on your forehead? This is what you're sealed by. This is your seal, right? See, what are you doing? You're writing it down as a sign these are, these are, this is the stuff we, that matters. This means we are absolutely leaving landmarks throughout the house, being intentional. By the way, here's another part make it fun and make it, and, and have passion. Be creative, encourage your children, right? Just like it shouldn't be dead. Following Jesus has been the greatest example or uh, adventure I've ever experienced. Any downside to it has mostly be, been because of disobedience in my own life. Like, like even in the hard hardships and the roughest seasons, God shows up, and there's something about God showing up that's like I, I can endure that season because He was so near to me there. And I've seen him provide and do and speak and work. And I've seen lives radically transformed. So we leave these landmarks throughout the house. We're intentional. Right? So a little bit after this, after this takes place, what Joshua, uh, he's the one that's gonna lead them in, right? Because Moses, he's part of that generation that's gonna die off in the wilderness. So Joshua leads them in, and what does he do? He crosses the Jordan, he gets to the other side, and what does he build? These memorial stones. He leaves memorial stones of all the good things that God has done, right? It's a reminder, this is what God did. He brought us out and through two bodies of water and brought us over to this place this will be here as a landmark to remember. This is putting signs on your doorposts. This is, is making, guys, we are not gonna forget this one, right? Likewise, Deuteronomy chapter four uh, reminds uh, them to keep themselves by remembering how good God is. And, and then here we go. Oh, uh, Deuteronomy four, nine and 10. Only take heed to yourselves and diligently keep yourself. Lest you forget the things your eyes have seen. And lest they depart from your heart uh, all the days of your life. And teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord, your God, in Horeb. uh, When the Lord said to me, gather the people to me and let them hear my words. That they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth. And that they may teach their children. What's Horeb? Horeb is Mount Sinai. It's another word for Sinai, okay? Um, And so he's saying, grab your kids and make sure, take heed, first of all, to yourself. Diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen. Here's something I think that's really, really helpful and something your kids can latch onto. Let them know about all the different times God has done a miracle and remind them over and over and over again. Guys, This was impossible, and here's what God did. Like, here, this was, remind them of God's faithfulness. You guys remember when you were praying for this? Well, here we are. You guys remember this? God has been faithful. You remember that season? Man, he took us through that, huh? To remember these things, we have to be constantly remembering them, or else we lose sight of it and we start forgetting what God has done. And that's a real danger. And so he says, I want you to not only to do this for yourself, but to pass it on to your children and to your grandchildren. Right? This is, you know, the song, may his favor be upon you. You know, that's that's kind of the idea. To your children and your children and your, you know, it's like. So he says, what did he say? Remember what I told you at Mount Horeb. Well, Obviously, we know we got the law there, right? That's where we got the whole law, Ten Commandments, all of that, uh, all the Levitical priesthood stuff, how that works in the tabernacle, all of that. But remember, there was a major, major mess up in there, right? The gold calf. Can't forget about the gold calf. God's like, I'm done with you guys. And they're like, no, please don't be done. He's like, fine, go to the promised land. I ain't coming. And Moses is like, we are not going Unless you you come, he's like, fine, I'll come. Let me reestablish my covenant with you. And what does he say? Exodus 34, verses 5 and 6. God reestablishing his covenant. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord. There it is again, two times. God, merciful and gracious. Remember how merciful. Remember how gracious I am. Long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. If you have any question about how long-suffering God is or patient God is, look at the world around us. How fast of a trigger would you have? Time to blow it up. I'm done. Like, that's it, you know? Like, we would not do well. Thank goodness we don't have that power, right? God has been exceedingly, abundantly gracious. So if you ever have any question, and it's funny, a lot of times people will use that against us. Well, well why, isn't, why is God allowing? He is allowing as many as will possibly come to him, know him to come before him before he kind of takes care of it in the end. God is so gracious. He's so merciful. He's so long-suffering. He's abounding in goodness and truth. Man, they learned that the hard way. We learn it the easy way or the hard way. You're going to learn it either way. Keeping mercy for thousands. And this really means thousands even of generations, I, I, I believe. Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. By no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. I think, But the idea is to thousands the grace and mercy. But here, here's a real sobering thought. The way we raise our kids has an effect on the way it will work in the next generations you can say, I don't necessarily buy into like the, the whole idea of a generational curse or something like that. But I do believe that we absolutely, through the way we raise and through the way we process and through, we send that stuff right down the line, right down the line. And so it comes to the point where we go, that's not going to work here anymore. <laughs> that was, that's not going to happen here anymore. That, that, now, as for me and my house, we used to serve that, but now we serve the Lord. That 's what Joshua said, so that's that 's the stuff he wants them to remember. This is what God says about himself. Remind our kids that he 's gracious that he 's merciful, but by the way, he judges sin. Of course, we know we 've got the the radical hope that is found in, in the blood of Jesus that cleanses us and first and John reminds us that if we're we're um, you know honest and we 're open before God and, and we confess our sin he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness making, making us new in him so we see spe- spread this, pass this on speak of your experiences speak of all that God's done remind your kids encourage them when you blow it, let them experience you're blowing it with them I have, I have to do that way too often yesterday I was tired and it's like when you're tired that always comes it's like there's you're tired there's homework and they ain't doing the homework and you're trying to help them and you're like I'm writing a paper right now and I don't want to write a paper you're supposed to write the paper but you're like but if I wrote it I could do it fast and then we'd be done and I could watch the Dodger game tonight but no and I just was like, I just had no, I wasn't, I was tired, you know, like I said, tired. I just had no kind of like patience. And I'm just like, guys, stop, knock it off. And I had to say, guys, I am sorry. I confess, I am sorry. I should not have done that. And I try, I mean, I, I mess up a lot, but I try to remind my kids like, dad did not do that well. Or, you know what? I know you just sounded like, just like a parrot. And I had to correct you on you sounding like that, but I know you got that from me. I'm sorry. I should not have said that, or I should not have thought that, or I should not have, you know, whatever, had that attitude towards that. I don't want you to go down the same road. Let's, let's, you help me out, I'll help you out, that kind of a thing, you know? You remind me if I'm doing that, if I'm acting. This is the idea, though, right? Because, yeah, here we go Psalm 127, verses one through four. I'm, this is, this kind of ties it up a little bit. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he gives his beloved sleep. Beloved, or behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. When you invest well, it's so worth it, right? The task is huge, but it's not complicated as we make it out to be. Love God and bring your kids with you. Love God, honor God, serve God, bring your kids with you, right? Proverbs 22, verse six says, train up the child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Um, it's important to understand sometimes they do go their own way, right? And great parents sometimes have kids that do really dumb, bad things, right? And sometimes that's, that's you could have raised them completely right. I, I think it's important to understand that it says when he is old, he will not depart from it. There's something about raising kids right that, that very, more often than not, they seem to find their way back eventually, don't they, Right? I'm sure, is there people in here who have experienced that, that have seen their kids come back? You're like, you were way out there, and now you're back. Now, here's where it gets really real. How many of you guys were those kids? You were, like, super sideways. And it was, like, not looking good. But you found out grandma and mom were really praying for you, hardcore and dad and, you know. But the idea of training them up in the way they should go. But this is what's important. You don't train them up in legalism and be like, I trained them up. I made them do all these things. You train them up in the reality of being discipled by Jesus. Right? And you might go, Gosh, I blew it. It's already too late. No, it's not. There's no age limit on this. Matter of fact, we're all doing this with each other right now. Follow me as I follow Christ. That's Paul. Come with me. Jesus is so good. Let's go together. Right. You know what? I've been reserving my whole life for me. I'm done. Today's the day. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Let's start. Let's start like going after him with everything we got. Right. Kids will be so stoked on that. I'll tell you, I watch these kids. We show up at camp and they're sitting there and they're like, I don't know these songs. I don't really know. Within like two days, authentic, real uh, worship and time spent with you know, in the Word and God working on their hearts. Within like two days, they're bawling their eyes out worshiping before God. Two days. Doesn't take much when you're introduced to the real thing. And so this is what we get to experience. And so this is not a guilt thing. This is, not a, this is like an encouragement for all of us because we're all failing and we can all grow. But it all starts with us, our relationship with God. It's important to understand Joshua's memorial stones. Yeah, that generation grew up like they didn't even know who God was. They did not do what they were supposed to do. Of course, what was the, you know, collateral damage? A mess. Again, right? They didn't do what they were supposed to do. Even with a good leader, they made bad decisions. Right? Some kids stray, many come back. But even in their departed state, when we think about our kids, kids who are out there, prodigals, we continue to reach out with love in a winsome manner, to win them over for Christ, to encourage them, to be caring and creative. It's not in a form of judgment. How do we reach them in a caring, creative, winsome way? You want to know a way you can really get a hold of someone is by saying something you see in them. I see something in you. and I mean, you don't just say it if you don't believe it. Like, that's lying. Like, I see you're a great musician, and they are not. Don't do that. You're going to hurt them. They're going to make YouTube videos, and they're going to get slammed, and, you know, they're going to ask to be on the worship team, and they shouldn't be, okay? Because we have other gifts we can use. Um, but it, it's, it's when you see something. How do you see something in someone? Well, you're connected with God, and now all of a sudden you're starting to see things differently, and you see something. I mean, I loved doing that. We used to do it with the youth. You are a leader, and you're leading kids the wrong way, but God made you to lead them the right way. Well, watch their eyes open up. Because you guys know the, the idea, a leader, a good leader doesn't produce followers. A good leader produces more leaders. Isn't that the idea? And so we raise our kids not to be a perfect little follower of you, but you raise them to be leaders, not followers. Because the world is is falling by the wayside as followers. Okay? I'm trying to close this up. Because the children's ministry might kill me on Mother's Day. Um, But we're not victims of society. We have the real thing. Once we've experienced the real thing, the fake has no chance. Right? Right? So don't worry about what's going on out there. Just go for it. Be encouraged. Be blessed. Investing in the next generation is a holy calling. It is a calling for all of us to invest in the next generation. How can you do that? Lots of ways. Right? But the best way, live your life following, knowing God. And then just encourage them. When you see something, tell them something good. Encourage them. Bless them. Got some awesome, you know, uh, Youth around here, right? Another way, get involved with our youth ministry and our kids' ministry. This is not about serving. I'm just saying. You can honestly bless the next generation like that. Passionately encourage. Take ownership. Not just like, oh, fill the slot, fine. Passionately encourage them. Give your best. And love on the next generation. That's for those who, you know, if, if you're a mother, you already got it. You, they're in your home you know and i just want to encourage you it, it is so worth it guys so worth it god wants to do it and use us and and he's given us the here's the the formula follow me love me and then just hang out and share that and and like let your kids experience that with you bring them with you when you're fishing teach them how to do the lure you know how to tie the knot right give them give them opportunities let them swing the hammer and make a mistake <laughs> be there with them the whole process all the way along the way right if you're if they're, they they want to help you make dinner try to let them just not too much you want everyone to stay alive but so I, I hope it's encouraging because we're all, at the end of the day, we're, we're raised kids. We've been raised from the dead. We were from dead to life in, in Christ. And now we get to raise kids with that in mind. So that's why raising, raised kids, raising kids. Lord, we thank you so much for, for your your grace in our lives. Lord, that you, you care and that you are... Um, It's real simple, like if we really break it down. You just want us to experience life with you and then to share that experience by bringing others.